So no sales today, Brian, huh? No sale. You're just going to come at me knowing that. (laughs) Well, I thought we were going to fade in from the music as if we were already talking. Uh, Well, sure. (laughs) If you want to do that. Illusion, Brian. It's funny. I didn't want it to just look like we were sitting around waiting for our cue to start talking. I was going to do the opposite and jump right on that cue and be like, we got the theme music back, everybody. Welcome (laughs) to the Guantanamo Bay's podcast, A Cuban Cuban Cousin Cousin Kiki. Kiki. I'm Brian Bogart. And I'm Julian Goza. We're a couple of motherfucking Cuban cousins coming One of us is gay. One of us is straight. Can I make it any more obvious? obvious. (laughs) Um, he did musical improv. He did stand up. <laughs> what more yeah, can I is say? up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice rhyme. Thank you. Yeah, we could keep this this baby going. We should do one once that's just purely sung, like made up and sung. Yeah, that is where we will lose most of our subscribers. <laughs> Fuck off! That's but the not ones true. who already like La La Lands was a big hit. Yeah, the the ones who love us that will double down. So we'll lose the Fairweather ones. We'll, we'll find out who our true ride or dies are. Yeah, exactly. What and a I'd great rather way to filter them out. Give me five ride or dies over 500 fake fans any day. <sighs> Listen, that's why my friend's circle is tighter than my asshole yeah, right now. Yeah, you could do damage with that. <laughs> Can't do damage with 499 people flaking out at the last minute because they're casuals. Yeah. Tucker knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we have a lot of fun news to get into. Do we catch up on our personal lives first? We don't have to, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't notice today how ripped these shorts are. You and often want to make a point of showing, <laughs> but you often come around wearing ripped clothing. That's nothing new to me. So I didn't bother. That's, asking. that's a mark of my socialist past where I'm like, I, I don't buy clothing anymore, <laughs> but now it's just like not ha- I'd rather spend money on food and like, you know, experiences. But that's for someone who shops as much as you do. You're kind of anti-clothing stand. Well, again, I'm buying gadgets and gizmos plenty, Brian. I'm not buying threads. Right. You're <laughs> buying like handbags and stuff. I bought this vintage aquarium from a Barbie playset yeah. from 1992. I remember. Off eBay, $44. I know. And I asked you like, is that some kind of valuable collector's <laughs> item? You're just like, no, no. I just liked it. <laughs> I was like, that might have been a good purchase if you could flip that for 100 bucks, but... Yeah, I don't know. It I don't I didn't see the value uh for what it cost. Yeah. So maybe it. I could put down that money on a pair of nice chino shorts from J. Crew. It was funny to see how ravenous you were though. As soon as that package cause you you had to stop at your place to get that package because like there are package thieves all over my place. And I'm like, Oh my god, what is being shipped to Julian well, that what happened was the thing they stole that like changed my life forever was a vintage mobile like flip phone mm-hmm. that I ordered for my Charlotte Pickles costume. Oh, wow. Angelica's mom from the Rugrats. Was it like an actual working like Nokia brick? It wasn't working, okay. but it had the long antenna that you pull out and yeah. the bottom part flipped open. Someone went through our mail and opened that box and stole that thing. And that was like probably $44 from eBay. Really? I was about to ask how much that went for. About yeah, maybe more. 40 some odd. And of course I had to order a replacement. That's why you plan your Halloween costume early. <laughs> it's true. Is this mini aquarium part of your Halloween costume this <laughs> no, year? Oh, no. But it's just so funny to watch you like reach into the bag. And I, I had no idea what was in that package. You're just like, I have to get this package. It's just this little <laughs> You're like, I knew toy. he was having drugs shipped to him. Yeah, it was like, like a- you ever hear of the Silk Road, Brian? <laughs> it's back. <laughs> oh, they took it down, huh? Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Fuck. It was it was like a casualty of the mid to late. <laughs> now it all goes down on WhatsApp. Yeah, that's <laughs> signal. True. That and Telegram, you know, <laughs> lots of shit going on. Yeah. On those international messaging platforms. Yeah. Um, but so I don't look like Jessica Simpson in the Duke of, Dukes of Hazard with these fucking Daisy Dukes I'm wearing right now. Like not, you could literally see the pocket like sticking out. You past could them. not look less 
like Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <from> the <Dukes laughs> of cool. But I, I had a massive crush on Jessica Simpson in that era. That was I get it. Blondes, you know, blondes in America are making a real big comeback. Yeah. Around that time. Yeah. Maybe yeah. their last hurrah. No offense, Trina. <laughs> Our producer who's blonde. Sorry. It's it's all about the the mixed ones these days. We like our mixed people these days. We don't yeah. like them. Oh, you mean like a Kardashian kind of aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Trina, once again. <laughs> Listen, talk about fair fair weather friends. I, I mean trends is coming. This go. is this is why we employ blonde female producers because there's no work for them out there, <laughs> there these you days. Go. They're getting there all their go. jobs. <laughs> Trina's up. name was actually Karen at one point, believe it or yeah. not. No. She's she like, changed it because of the backlash. Yeah, exactly. It's like having a name that's like a slur, and you're like, no, nah, I can't do this. That's fucked up that Karen, the name is a slur. Like, poor Karen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. I've met many, many a Karen that I thought were lovely. And I speak to many Karens in my work. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, they're like in that demographic of people who I like kind of contact for work. And I, I feel them being so nice to me because I've ne we've never had the Karen discussion, but it's obviously there. <laughs> it like hangs like this invisible presence in a room. So I've never had that bad of an experience with an actual woman named Karen because I feel like they've really turned on the sweetness the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying if there's like a bad stereotype about Julian, so it'll it'll bring it'll you better bring do the opposite, buddy. A more upright character for me. Actually, my dad told me this because his name was Bruce, mm -hmm. but the two gayest names in the 20th century were Bruce and Julian. That's why Bruce Banner became David Banner in the Hulk TV show. You're kidding, you Julian? Could, Julian apparently. They didn't name anyone Julian before the before 1991. I don't know. First. I don't know, man. No fucking Trina, way. Trina, can you look up how gay the name Julian is? <laughs> uh, there's got to be some literature. I will say there's something about J names too. Really? Yeah, like Jonathan so many of like my childhood. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> many of my one. childhood friends that had J names ended up being gay. Wow, Jordan. Jordan. Jose Pablo. Jose Pablo. Not even phonetically J, but but it <laughs> but knows. Still, the gay you, bug knows yeah, that it's so, a J. Yeah, family. You, you could escape me with that Spanish J? Yeah. Uh -uh. If you're expecting a baby and you want them to be gay, <laughs> start give him a name that starts with a J. <laughs> That's just unsolicited advice. <laughs> Do it that way you will. And if you want a kid who who's uh if you want a straight kid, you're a bigot. <laughs> So don't even. Well care then, about the well then, color me bigoted, Brian. I'd love a straight child. Imagine <laughs> Do you want a straight child. I just love, I love irony. Uh huh. A gay dad <laughs> having a straight child. Yeah, but it's the not ironic cage. if a gay dad had a girl, and I want a little girl. Oh yeah, I want a little girl. This is the most I've ever heard you express that you might actually want a kid. Well, I used to like express it regularly, but now I'm like, eh, I don't know. In this economy, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I'd bring my kid to this comfortable ass studio, though, while we recorded. Speaking of questionable economies, do we want to get into the news about Cuba? <laughs> Great segue. Let's do hey, it. News from the motherland. We tell you stories from our mother's homeland of the native Cuba, the island nation off the coast of Florida. Um, Let's see. I guess we'll go ahead and start with the downer story. I didn't know Fine. which one Trina was going to pull off, but it's it's the downer story. Okay. Um, what's that, Trina? Is it this one? Yeah, th yeah, this is good. This is good. I mean, the headline should sell it, right? The, the Cuban regime killed my father, dissident's daughter. So there was a... The Cuban regime killed my father, dissident's daughter. Yes, there was a political okay. opponent of the Castros. Um, in the 20... Like, about 10 years ago... Um, the cast, uh, he was killed in a car accident. He was like a pro-democracy, um, opposition leader. Um, he was killed in a car accident. It was always suspect, uh, suspicious. And then there's a, an organization, um, that did an independent 
research. It is the, let's see, what was it? Um, I'm just looking up the, um, the name of the, the organization that identified that it was Cuban agents that dealt in this car accident that, that killed this guy. Okay. So it was Cuban government agents. This Classic. was a hit, a hit on a, uh, you so know, they cut his brakes or what? Or was it like in Casino where you turn the car, where you turn the key and it's like... Right, like who knows, maybe they like, you know, knocked his car off a bridge or something like that, like Cloud Atlas style. Um, you know, but it, it was one of those moves. And, and <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, like with another car? Yeah. With another okay. Car. Yeah. Cloud Atlas is like such a fantastical story that I'm like, like is there hand, a fist that comes out of the sky? This hand reaches out of the sky and just puts it in the ocean. Did you read the book, Cloud Atlas, no. by the way? No. Did you see the movie? Uh, mo not like most of it on yeah. TV. Yeah, it's pretty good. But anyway, yeah, it was pretty good. But Jim Sturgis and Yellowface was a really that's a right. Hard that's who was in Yellowface. Yeah, that was a really hard sell just because it didn't look right. And I still come from a time where like they would have cast Jim Sturgis as he looks as an Asian. And I'd be right. like, why not? You yeah, know? I'm yeah. like, for all I know, his, you know, it was his, of that era. his stepmom is Filipino. Because when when I found out in the movie that he was like unironically supposed to be Korean, because I thought like with how he looked, it was like he was supposed to be in the future. So I was like, oh, he's like a an evolved humanoid, a Kardashian so, of sorts. <laughs> like no, he's just Korean. I was like, oh man, they made him look like not like almost non-human. Yeah, you know? like the makeup looked alien. You yeah, know? so that was like a hard thing to kind of get over when I was watching it. Right, so I was kind of like half making fun of it while I was watching it. But so yeah, so they knocked his car off a bridge with another car. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know the specific nature of this accident, but that's what you're speculating. Yeah, but there's a an independent kind of uh, justice department of like. Um, Located in the Americas, it's like the International Court, like not Court of the Americas, but something like that, that conducted this independent research that concluded that there were Cuban agents who, you know, executed the hit, so to say. Court of the Americas, Brian. I'm going to find the actual I name. I looked up this body. <laughs> to quote Meryl. But this is also, this is like a uh, primarily Latin American uh, court or like okay. organization. So it's, yeah. it's the in the same, family. This ain't your daddy's NATO, honey. Right. It's not NATO saying Cuba did something bad. This is like Cuban allies saying Cuba did something bad. Mm. So that that's why it holds a little bit more weight. I'm looking issued by the leading regional human rights entity for the Americas. Um, yeah. Inter-American Commission on Human Rights. IACHR. That's the organization's name. So it kind of confirmed what this dissident's daughter always knew. Oh, it was like a human rights committee. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't like a court. I I, I mislabeled it calling it a court. <laughs> yeah. Court of it's the Americas. I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that the committee in Black Panther, right? Court, committee. <laughs> they're C-words of groups of people making judgments. Sure. So, you know, there's ballpark. some overlap yeah. there. Yeah. It's pardon the ballpark. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so that, and she'd always suspected that there was something suspicious about it. So dad. why is it news that the daughter's enraged? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a given. I'd be pissed, dude. No, just uh, the news is that what she had long suspected had been confirmed through oh, this Human Rights Commission. I see. Mm -hmm. And once again, this is like when Fidel was in power or like waning in power. I think he was still president at this time. It was 2012 mm -hmm. when he died. So like, you know, pretty recent Cuban history, which is like kind of the tantamount to Saudi Arabia killing Jamal Khashoggi, right? It's like one of those right. kind of like clear human rights abuses and moves. Although that was in Turkey? Where did they Saudi kill Saudi Arabia. That was in Saudi Arabia that they killed him. He's oh, Turkish. But they killed him in Saudi Arabia. He was American, but I don't know. Oh, what, he was American. Uh, yeah, but American Middle East, you know, he was, his roots are Middle Eastern. I don't know. But was like, an American citizen. Yes, he was. Wow. And mm -hmm. of course, because we're so embedded with the Saudis, it was like, now, now. <laughs> Anytime, yeah, the president tried They're to. They're rebooting Desperate Housewives. It's like, wait, guys, we got to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that that's what happened. So.
This Long does kind of remind me of the Obama chef fiasco too, which like, I don't want to harp on. Go ahead. Cause I hate suspecting anything of my big and brawny man, Barry <laughs> Obama. But do you have doubts about this? <laughs> I have doubts. I have such doubts. I have such doubts. I mean, that's weird, dude. It's, it looks not to talk about the U S when we're trying to talk about Cuba, but yeah, I know. I know. Um, but you know, pot meat kettle, I guess. But also, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it sounds weird. Because he's not a dissident. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least over there, they kill fucking dissidents. No, but of course, the, the you know, conspiracy rabbit hole is like, oh, he saw Obama sucking Michelle's dick or whatever. And he oh, no, the, I don't think that's it. Yeah, I think a lot but of people, people have said, like, they were lovers, like, he and Barack were right, lovers. Right, exactly. So, like, I just don't know. Like, I can't give that credence without any kind of concrete. Do you ever see yourself in a position where you would be killed for, like, being a whistleblower or something? Yeah, totally. Really? Yeah, sure. Only because, like, our culture would get so fascist or what? Well, I mean, you know, not to, like, harp on this, but the fact that my ex-wife is a Uyghur Muslim born in China and I've, like, been pretty open about, like, my anti-CCP stance on that. Um, That's true. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't think I'm, like, not a target. I know. We shouldn't have made a TikTok account, Brian. <laughs> you know, you sign. When you sign those terms and conditions, you agree that they could you, they could record your keystrokes even if you're not using the app. They well, know everything you're typing. Yeah, but I don't really say anything. Uh, I don't type. Well, I, I know I don't getting slippery slope. But that's why I didn't do TikTok until we had a right. And that's why I'm not doing it so as me. I'm it. doing it as Guantanamo Bay. Right, right, but, right. You know, I, I know it's splitting. Yeah, hairs. we regularly badmouth the CCP, and I fucking do it again. <laughs> but <laughs> because we I don't live there. But we won't post those clips on TikTok. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll just be like, look <laughs> at the such silly. Cucks. Yeah, <laughs> such cucks to the the waking dragon. Well, I have a friend. Uh, she's from China. A comedian, Zhao Ying Summers, and she, you know, had to live through China's one-child policy. Wow. When she was growing up, and talked about it on TikTok, and got all of her shit banned. And talking about some shit that happened way back. They're then. like, it never happened. Right. Or just like, you know, how dare you criticize. Wow. So, I mean, that's crazy. You know, just to talk about a, a policy that was like a globally known policy. And right. that the, you know, they're still feeling the ramifications of today. So. Right. Yeah. I mean. Uh, well, you think the government of Cuba will like issue an apology or anything? Good question. Because obviously, you know, the post kind of Castro Cuba, even though they're so Castro's in power, there is a lot more. Um, well, I don't know, trying at least seeming from our perspective, surface. less less obstinate. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. From our perspective. From our perspective. Um and, and who knows what's going on behind closed doors. But yeah, if if this iteration of the Cuban government wants to make amends for that, I think that would be uh pretty big of them. Right. Yeah. To be like, Hey guys, I know ten years ago we were killing political opponents, but now we're focused more on <laughs> gay marriage or you know, whatever they're like latest social Yeah, they're uh, doing like a PR today. revamp. They really are. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Bank presents Cuban Pride 2024. Opening up a, a private sector for the first time in, you know, uh, 60, 70 years. So, right. Yeah, they're taking... Having like Teslas imported, right? Or maybe... Oh, no, Chinese electric cars, though. But... Yeah. But... That's not as wild, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my news. I know that we have a couple news stories to get through. What's what's uh Well mine is like a feel good story that's not even about Cuba. It's about Cuban American culture really. Go ahead. Because this re this concerns the US quarter. Mm -hmm. Um I think you see a Celia Cruz article over there, Trina. Yeah, there might be Mostly because I want you to see the quarter, Brian. Yeah, I've me been too. I've been loving this rollout of like famous lady quarters. <laughs> It'll be out uh, towards the bottom, Trina. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, she's buried under Celia there. Cruz. There you go. There you go. Our fault. It's someone like Celia to hide. 
<laughs> there we go. And Could she is like, not hiding on that. I don't know if you can see that. Awesome. Isn't that isn't that just? Isn't really that is. just? Asuka. <laughs> yeah, it literally says Asuka yeah, yeah, yeah. on the quarter. That's amazing. Yeah, and it makes me proud to be an American. Which makes me proud to be a being Cuban American. The, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Celia Cruz was the icon of icons growing up uh, for us. Like whenever people talked about Cuban celebrities uh, in our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation. Celia Cruz was the goat. She was like too. a mystic. She was the goat. Yeah, yeah, she was the goat. And kept doing it well into her advanced age, you know, passed away like late 80s, early 90s, God, 10 in Miami, plus you think? years ago. By then, I'm sure she was settled in Miami, right? Yeah. 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 And I've been doing just because re- I want to do an episode doing a deep dive of her life and legacy. And that's something that I kind of have planned for us coming Ooh. up. Ooh. Yeah. So, because I don't know much about her, full disclosure. Been doing some research. And yeah, you know, just lived life to the fullest. And, you know, we don't have to go too deep on her today because I, I think we, we want to <laughs> give her her due. Yeah. Don't spoil my appetite. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give you I want Asuka. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that's really cool. And uh, I love a good decorative quarter. Who doesn't just fucking love a new, like, remember it was so exciting, like, when the states were releasing their quarters. I still save new quarters. Yeah. I have a whole booklet. Have you seen it? I remember it? when you were collecting those. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still do. But that booklet was issued when it was, like, the first, maybe it wasn't the first year of these rollout of quarters, but it was, like, when they started rolling them out, maybe, like, three or four years into it. Yeah. And so it was just the states, but now they have specific ones. So, like, Celia Cruz, so now I tape the quarter depending on what region it corresponds to. So that's I tape so it funny. onto my board. That's so cool. it's a cute thing. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's good news. Uh, more to come on Celia Cruz when that day comes on. And I got one final news from the Motherland store. I know we're spending a lot of time on Cuba, but we got the Guantanamo Bay. Well, didn't you have all. two more? Uh, no, this. So we covered the first one. This is the second news from the Motherland. Oh, you have two. Then we'll get into our other segments. Okay. Yay. So what's what's this headline? Well, this is, I think, just a great testament. Uh, it is the, the ESPN article, Trina. Yeah, thank you. This one right here. Um, this is a testament to Cubans' ability to make a lot of noise, even when it's completely unnecessary. Appeals court rejects Angel Hernandez's lawsuit versus Major League Baseball. So Angel Hernandez has been a longtime umpire at Major League Baseball. He filed a lawsuit claiming racial discrimination why he wasn't getting better jobs. But the thing is, he's a bad umpire. <laughs> he has consistently bad calls. Like you think they buy him out or what? Well, Is that how one becomes a bad umpire? Well, what happened, and just like his latest example, was like he, he's not getting a lot of playoff gigs, which are like higher profile, better pay. And uh, apparently he had three calls at first base overturned in video reviews in one game just a few years ago. So after that, they're like, wait, okay. repeat that part. He had three calls overturned. You know, you make the calls. Are they safe? Oh, are someone they could out? overturn the umpire's call. So recently used to not be uh, just a few years ago. Baseball allowed video replay to play a bigger role in actually determining uh, the outcome. Football the doesn't call. do that, does it? They do. Football is kind of the first one to do it. Okay. And is and there any major American sport that still doesn't do it? Um, no, they, yeah, all sports, especially as video technology has really improved and camera angles have been, have really opened up to, you know, making sure that they get the call right instead yeah. of protecting umpires' egos, which was really what took so long for baseball to do that. Was they were, they didn't want the, um, the umpires were like up in arms about like, a machine can't tell what a human can. It's like, well, actually, Brian, they can and better. The ball is so little. Yeah, that's why it's good to it's get a machine little ball. technology. It's a little, little ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, the reason why this lawsuit was considered frivolous is because Major League Baseball has had many black and Hispanic umpires, um, you know, doing World Series games and playoff games. 
So this lawsuit's considered frivolous because he's claiming racial discrimination when when he, it's just he doesn't he's not as good of his job correctly. as these other like black, white, Hispanic uh, umpires who are good at their job. I'm sure I've expressed this to you, but if I could if I could claim racial discrimination and and have that somehow that work in your me, favor, yeah. I would maybe do it. Even if it was right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, don't yeah. hate the player, hate the game, dog. Exactly, and welcome to the world of Angel Hernandez. Who <laughs> you are proof that this story is is. A but uniquely... I also don't watch baseball enough to be like he's a bad, bad umpire. Yeah, it's just his record. You just look at his record, and the, yeah. the article kind of condensed some of his bad calls. So there it is. I'm not saying, but but whatever. Try to get that bag, homie. Like, but if if the game, <laughs> if you lose the he's game, he's not even trying to get the bag. He's trying to save the bag, Brian. I he's, mean, he's in a way, I can back. empathize with him. What do you mean? He's still he's still an umpire. He's just not getting the best gigs. Oh, and that's why he sued them. Yeah. Mm. So he's still working, just not I the job. I thought he this was to. like something he was doing to like salvage his career. Well, it's, to some degree, at this point, at you know, because it's going to appeals court, so he's like, "Fuck, I gotta save face." I got. I feel like in a way that would backfire more, right? Because then it makes you almost look like shittier and less competent. That's exactly right. Yes, now you're grasping why why this is cheese me. Yeah, why this cheese me. Okay, because you have some balls bringing in sports news in here, Brian. I know, but but it's about discrimination. And which... yesterday, I was roped into a football conversation with all of you and your comedian <laughs> friends. Talking about some guy named Zeke. <laughs> Freaky Zeke, I believe you all called them. Dude, they brought up fantasy football. I was not the first one to introduce that. Look, I, I don't start those conversations. I was like, listen, I'm trying to cut down, but this is so fucking boring. <laughs> Lost you don't want Joey to mind. kill himself with nicotine. Don't talk about fantasy football. <laughs> Seriously. You're killing me, Brian. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, um so uh yeah that's we spent a lot of time on cuba this episode so far but i think that's okay who gives a fuck it's in the title yeah, no. and also that's not cuban news that's once again cuban american news but that's so us so we did cuban we did we then we did cute two cuban american stories Sally cruz and, for two uh, cuban americans yeah. how cheers. about that cheers trina thanks for being our producer uh all right shall we move on to the next segment mm-hmm. what's that next segment be um, you had said, what did you say, Brian? You Where am I? Let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and do the world according to Jules. Okay. Cause that's the kind of world I want to live in. Exactly. Cause I figured being the kind of world you want to live in, this we is, might as well visit right now. Let's visit it right now. Take me there. It's like Barbie land. We'll go through the desert and the space <laughs> and the mountains and the rivers. And then uh, Holland yeah. <laughs> yeah. on the bicycle. I saw the movie. So, uh, you did, this though, right? is, I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Quinn had a question about Barbie, and he was like, I know it's dated now, but I was like, no, we could indulge it. But, like, it's it's a question I need more thought on. But the question was, and then we could actually keep rolling here. But if you could switch one actor from Oppenheimer and put them in Barbie and vice versa, who would it be? So I, I'm, I'm seeing Oppenheimer this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then we'll, we'll, you know. We'll talk about this next we'll episode. Kvetch. Yeah, this gives you all something to come back for next episode. A little, little sampler. It's my, my, my Barbenheimer dreamcast. Two movies you should have already seen, Brian. I know, but we're seeing TMNT after this, you know. I'm That's why I have my, my bag is full of popcorn that I... I popped at home. That's so fucking Because that's where I'm at. <laughs> in case anyone was wondering, this is where I'm at in my life. Uh, my Venmo is in the link. Uh. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, I have a few stories for you. This is where I asked Julian. I read Julian headlines from the week, and I get his 100% unfiltered opinion. He's got 30 to 60 seconds of me not interrupting to, um, to tell me what he thinks without any context. Are you ready, Julian? 
Yes. No filter. Here we go. All right. How an obscure country artist viral song becomes a conservative anthem. Have you heard about this? I certainly have. Oliver Anthony's Rich Men of North Richmond, or Rich Men North of Richmond, sorry, shot to the top of the U.S. Apple Music and iTunes country charts and racked up more than 9 million views in five days. Your thoughts? Once again, I think gay stuff is going way too mainstream. You know, there's this event uh, called Stud Country. I guess I'll just call this out. I've never been. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a great place for community for the gays in L.A., but they're line dancing, Brian, for hours. And it's like, I feel fucking crazy because I left Texas to move to, frankly, a global city with, like, fun, dynamic things. Not to say it's the only option out there, but I didn't leave Los Angeles. I didn't leave Texas to move to Los Angeles to then line dance with a bunch of gay guys. Mm. You know, like catch me in the warehouse, like amidst a fog machine. Isn't that kind of a testament to LA being a global city that it would also have line dancing? But why is it so popular? And why is this country dude so popular? And I guess it's because everyone else likes irony too. But it's no longer ironic. And that's my fucking issue with it. So like Orville Peck was already like kind of like pushing it where I was like, all right, dude, but at least he covers his face and that's queer. And, and I'll talk <laughs> later on when we get to our gay news stuff, but, like, about the difference between gay and queer. Because I think it's becoming more and more apparent. Okay. Gay is now, like, neoliberal, like, mm. fucking, like, globalist. And it's yeah. big on TikTok, that song. Mm. So I was like, yeah. oh, so that, well, although I guess TikTok users in China aren't seeing that song, but. Maybe, I mean. But you even, know, the, like, the, this Chinese. The headline could be, things are so bad in America, look how popular this guy's song is. You know, like, I, I, this, this is, like, a, such a popular song here. Well, speaking of like Barbie, it's very go. popular in China. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, why not? It's, it's everything they love: commercialism and plastic and toys. Similarly, you and similarly you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, so, so the first thing you said when I said this is gay culture is too mainstream, which like on paper has nothing to do with this, but I think what kind of the angle you're coming at is this is so like such an alt underground hit that exploded. That this, that like the fact that it's white country music that like is this underground thing is, you're like, whoa, that's, that used to be what gay culture was. That used to be queer culture was like underground. Yeah, it's now more alternative. At least I -hmm. think it's more alternative to be straight. And that may be a testament (laughs) to how much I'm sealed inside a fucking gay bubble, like bubble boy up in here. Yeah. You know, with a little tube for my hands and shit. Have you heard the song? Um, I heard clips of it. I've seen TikToks of it. Yeah. I also found the lyrics graphic, but that's again like my own like Puritan Catholic upbringing, like clutching my pearls. Like the little Nas X video where he like dry humps the devil. Right. Like I, I wanted to, I was like wretched. You're really ca- clutching your pearls. I was like kind of disturbed by that. It's the devil symbology that gets to you. Totally. I don't yeah. care what, yeah, I don't care if Lil Nas is like riding up on something, but the devil? <laughs> you like, really are. Call me old fashioned, but like. Suburban house fucking devil? Like even aesthetically, <laughs> I'm just like, that's not it, dude. That's not it. Wow. But, but he was also doing that with like his, uh shoe that had blood in them or something like that right yes so and then you like, get into like travis scott territory where like everything feels like this weird like masonic sacrifice like or something mm-hmm. yeah i hear you spooky shit yeah well that's fun <laughs> thank you for that uh moving right along you knew to... i would have more than 30 seconds for that one Brian. yeah i did and and i'm sorry to um you're gonna hate me because the other two does have like a sports uh twinge to it but but <laughs> you're not tearing me apart Please. yeah yeah don't worry um you're going to, this is fine. Somalian sports minister apologizes 
after slow 100 meter runner goes viral at university games. So did you see this video? No. Trina, I did. Um, I sent a, a link also. There's a YouTube link with the video of the race itself. But minister of Somalia, like the Olympic minister, put his niece in a race. Okay. And she's not an athlete. She's okay. racing against Olympic level athletes and just gets left oh, in the, in the dust. But not in the Olympics. It, it's like a world games. It's like an so it's international like a sh- game. Essential tryout for the Olympics. It's like a precursor to the Olympics. Oh, so it's just nepotism, honey. Oh, it's so you got to see this video because I'm just it, picturing her like being like morbidly obese, like running. Amidst, it's not. Like, it's not crazy off from that. If I'm, if I'm, uh, yeah, correct me. If I'm, yeah, she's in full hijab too. You know, like she has a headscarf. Well, okay, and, Brian, I wouldn't bring that into this. No, 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 I just mean in terms of like her runner apparel is also. She's like, obviously in last, right? Uh, she's not. No, no, no. Th- she's still running. That's her. No, no, she's still running. Okay, I was like, she's not in hijab. There she oh, is. I see. She's not even <laughs> wearing running clothes. I mean. I love I'm not even the, talking about I, the hijab. I'm talking about like hubris. everything else. I love she's... the hubris. But this is what's crazy to me is like coming from a place that is so democratized. I'm like, well, that's refreshing. I don't know if that makes me like you know fascist adjacent, but I'm like, wow. Like for once, just like I don't know. Even like nepotism in Hollywood, it's like they changed their last name or something. You know? No, it definitely. <laughs> well, I don't see the value in this for her. Like, you're not a runner. What is your what is this desire to compete in this race? But Brian, that's you with your sports insight. <laughs> I'm not thinking about whether she's going to win or not. But isn't that embarrassing just, for you? If you're that person who got put up to, to run in that race, you're like, uncle, can I please run in this race? He's like, yeah. Why do you want to put yourself in that humiliating position? It kind of also speaks to the fact that they're not in as much of like a panopticon, you know, the way we are like, cause I feel like everyone would be like, Oh, that's the Somalian president's daughter, dude. Like, I guess it's cause <laughs> it's Somalia and there's just like less cameras and stuff. No, it's, she's not like Chelsea Clinton. She's not like, she, she's that's like, what I'm saying. She's yeah. way less exposed than Chelsea Clinton. No, but I mean like even the Somalian equivalent, she's not the president's daughter, right? She's not, she's not like. The, she's not a famous person in Somalia. She's like a very well-connected person who like... What he, does her dad do then? He's not the president? No. What does he not do again? Everyone, not every person in nepotistic situation is the president. <laughs> no, but what did you say her dad did? Um, Prime. He, he's like some kind of commissioner, some kind of attorney general. Like oh, equivalent I see, I see. Some okay. Kind, some, some kind of position like that yeah. where he can puts people on Olympic team. I mean, we both agree it's bad judgment. Like, yes. Yeah, it's like they're going to find out. For everybody. And so, yeah, they, I, what, what are your thoughts? Well, my dad once... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> my dad once uh, was a landscaper, essentially. He, he essentially was just mowing this guy's yard, and, and this guy was the dean of, of Duke. I hope my dad's okay with me telling this story. I think, I think he would be. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the dean was like, so what do you got going on? He was like, not much, you know, just here for the summer, like <laughs> mowing lawns. And the dean was like, well, what do you want to come to Duke? And, um, and that was that. And so he goes back home to like pack for his semester at Duke mm. and his mom goes, Jim, they're going to find out, uh, it find was like out what? that he wasn't enrolled. And he was like, no mom, like I'm good. Like the dean gave me his okay. And it worked out. Obviously my dad graduated from Duke. That's amazing. Um, but I got to quote my grandma on this and it's like, Jim, they're going to find out, <laughs> you know, it's like you put your like not athletic daughter in this. Yeah, exactly. Like legitimate competition. And I know you said that five minutes ago, but this is me adapting your sports brain. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I th- you don't have to like or understand sports to see how like, 
pointless. <laughs> yeah, how pointless this whole endeavor was. Yeah. Right. Unless he's like a few steps ahead and is like, oh, she's going to go viral. You know, <laughs> it's like how that Chinese zoo with that weird looking bear like yeah. it ended up making Everyone a ton no of money. Knows this is a human. Yeah. But zoo, zoo attendance has been up 50 percent. Like either it's completely foolish or this man is a master of like public relations. Yeah. Yeah. It's and true. Brand branding. Crazy like a fox, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. So that's where we're leaving it there for now. Your final story in the world, according to Jules. All right, and um, you probably and you probably know this movie, somewhat familiar with the story, but not the details. The Blind Side. Oh, I saw this. Michael yeah. Orr, who Blind Side is based off of, says adoption by the Tui family was a lie, and he was cut out of the money made from the movie. He alleges the family misled him into believing the arrangement was for adoption when it was really a conservatorship. Your thoughts. Well, I was really upset when Sandra Bullock won the Oscar that year. I mm. got to see what she was up against, actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Can we pull up who are the nominees thank for the you. 2009 Oscars? I forget Oscars. that is literally sitting in front of a computer right now. Thank you, Trina. So um, go ahead. So my thoughts. Um, the whole thing was already smelly to begin with. Like mm. any any story that's like given that platform and like lauded like that and like immediately lionized. I'm like, guys, this story happened like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, even Spotlight, which won Best Picture, mm-hmm. that was, like, 12 years. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet spot. Although, you know what? All the President's Men was made, like, two years after Watergate. Mm. So, I don't know. It's a tough... But I was like, this is too recent. I don't ever think that Sandra Bullock would actually be from Texas. I know she lives there sometimes. <laughs> but, like, she's not from Texas. Virginia's not Texas. Mm. Um, and so, because that movie's fishy, the actual real story was fishy, <laughs> and I feel vindicated. And once again, it's the brother being put down by some, you know, Dallas Debbie. Some Dallas Debbie, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she is in her powder blue jacket from the cover. Um, I do know the cover. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. <laughs> And I never fucking will, because fuck that, like, white savior bullshit, unless it works. And I could tell already, the white savior bullshit uh, in that movie does not does not work. What's the movie where the white savior thing works? Musical, Ragtime. Okay. And it really sings. <laughs> it works and it sings, bitch. Yeah. Uh, I read the book, The Blind Side. And it's not... Oh. The, the Tuies, the whole thing involving Michael Orr and the Tuies is, like, kind of minimal in the book, certainly compared to the movie, which was only about the White Savior storyline. So I like the book a lot because it's about the evolution of the game of football and how the the innovation of this this kind of offense is what makes Michael Orr such a valuable player and how can yeah. this kid, like, who, who had every misfortune in life could become so successful. And like the twoies were just part of that. There you go again, looking at stats and metrics, Brian. He, he was, he's extremely, but, but yeah, the movie was never as good as everyone made it out to be. Well, if it was made today, it would be from his perspective and it'd be like Michael Jordan in a fat suit. It'd be really good. You know, Michael um, B. Jordan. I'll bet. Me. Yeah. And he, yeah, I mean, I've, I really feel for Michael or um, like, obviously who, who would in this kind of situation, just kind of being, manipulated and taken advantage of and then of course they're like as soon as they realize this kid could help out their favorite college football team and potentially be a money maker you know like they insist on having you call call me mom call me dad and you know we'll handle your recruiting and all the and it's what's funny like some other people brought up they address this in the movie how it might quote unquote look sketchy but he had kathy bates as like the the dean of admissions or like his, his tutor or whatever being like Oh heck, it's all okay, you know. So it's like you just get 
a woman played by Kathy Bates to say like, this, oh. this family's above board and you can get, the, you can, she could sell going. glue to a horse that Kathy Bates. <laughs> I love Kathy Bates, Brian. Yeah. And so did Michael Orr in this movie. He trusted her. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck that movie. And I guess fuck that family. I don't know. That's awful. That's awful to say. That's not Christ. Nah, but I've also, I, yeah, but like I that's heard, fucked up. I heard they were sketchy even, you know, before like all this. Once stuff. again, conservatorships are like a whole fucking legal mess. Yeah, and they, I think there's, like, times when people don't have agency to make their own decisions where it makes sense to have a But he's clearly capable if he's, like, this, yeah, like, yeah, you know, he's a lauded football player. Yeah, yeah. He was a high school student going to a private school. Yeah. Um, he, didn't, he didn't need that kind of... Uh, well, and now they could cite head trauma as a reason why he wouldn't be capable of handling his own finances. <laughs> yeah, this could get really ugly. This could get really ugly. Um, but, yeah, it's just... And I knew that he hated the movie. I knew that it's like affected his playing career and how it people did? like yeah yeah because just imagine being in a locker room they're like Oscars oh, are blind gay side. yeah <laughs> oh hey blindside what's up and you know like the way that the actor portrayed him I'm sure the actor how did old it. was he when the movie came out I thought by then it was like it was like early twenties yeah yeah the movie they were too quick on that trigger man I'm telling really you were. there's certain movies that I'm like this shouldn't be coming out right now yeah they really were it's like the book came out. 07 the movie came out 09 he was drafted in 09 yeah you know? so it's like they they caught this kid's career like right as it was ascending and like put it on black like just put it for everyone to put under a microscope and make fun of him and all this shit so damn i feel for michael Orr, and i hope he finds peace and gets the money he deserves yeah yeah but that's the world according to jules hell yeah did you like that one i did Despite I think the, next time we should do two instead of three because now my two segments are short on time. Well, Ugh. just do them. Okay, cool. So our next segment is Bogey Bogey Bum Bum. <laughs> this is the segment where I read Brian a headline from the week and he has to think of a song that the headline reminds him of. Could you pull up that Magic the Gathering Post Malone link? Thank you so much. Um, you know what? Scroll up to the main part of this. Uh-huh. Totally. This is where I get so much of my news. What does it say? Post um, Malone. Buys rare Magic the Gathering card for what two point six four million? Wow! It had been a while since I'd seen this article. Actually, I thought it was two hundred fifty thousand. Two point six four million. That's crazy. Talk about being baby, baby a sunflower. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you trying to prompt me for my song? So in this segment, Julian reads me a headline, and I pull I up explain this. What <laughs> song I think of? You dumb deaf bitch! I explained this already. Yeah, I'm a dumb deaf. Bitch. Um, but that's okay, Brian. I was too busy reading that tiny ass text. That's fair. Even though I said it before you read it, but I love you. Shut up, Julian. <laughs> All right. What song does this silly headline remind you I'm of? I'm not even going to, yeah, I'm not even going to overthink this. Okay. Yeah. So just like after, after you uh, profit two and a half million dollars or so, you're going to be feeling pretty. Yeah, you'd be feeling pretty better now. Is that a Post Malone song? That's a po that, is like, that was his signature hit for a minute. Did you see Theater Camp? No, but I want to. Oh, it's so good, Brian. Is but there's there's like a funny... No, but they use that song in like a really clever way. Really? Um, but I didn't realize... Of course, that's Post Malone. Um, I'm going to play the song I played you in the car because I was like vibing on it today and then I was thinking about Boogie Boogie Bomb Bomb and I was like, this works. But instead of from the seller's perspective, it's from Post Malone's perspective. I'm going to fast forward. 
And I ride where I please. Saddle tramp. Saddle tramp. Saddle tramp? Saddle tramp. I'm as free as the breeze and I ride where I please. Saddle tramp. Because I feel like the optics right now of like, I don't know, I would like sign an NDA to like, I would like get the seller to sign an NDA because I'm like, listen, like people are being hit hard by inflation and shit. Like, oh yeah. But he's as free as the breeze. He rides where he pleases. He's post Malone. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he he does he does has that energy. He, he spent some time in Utah, right? Like, didn't he move to Utah or something like <laughs> he that? He did. Yeah, Post Malone tax like, dodger. No, tax I'm dodger. Like, what blue states are too. Or like I don't know, drug dodger. Like you know, just temptation dodger. Probably just. Oh well, then that I respect. Those. I get yeah. that. I think I think it was more for like the clean living. That's yeah. certainly I think what he kind of. I'm like either I move to Utah and I kick it all clean. Or I'm a strung up meth addict that's sitting outside a Mormon church. There's no chance. There's, There's no, no middle in between. ground. And I can't ski. Yeah. So what the <laughs> so fuck? I'm doing one of those two <laughs> things, okay? Skiing is not a, this third option for me. Um, skiing is kind of gay. Yeah, totally. Those it's definitely poles. gayer than skateboarding. Two poles. Two poles. Uh, the, you're always like kind of sticking your butt out yeah. for uh, spe- you know, speed, wind resistance, and all that stuff. The outfits, the skin-tight outfits. And their jumpsuits. Right, the jumpsuits and also like those helmets that have that really long, almost like phallic tail at I'll the end of I'll tell you, gay, gay, gay. Gay as the day is long. Which brings gay. us to our last segment. The, the gay, gay item, item of, of the, the week. week. So Brian once upon a time asked me to bring in a gay item of the week, mm, meaning so a news story. So long ago. And I thought you meant a physical object. I did, I did not. Uh, you did not mean a physical object, but I brought in a physical object. I already described one. It was like a bowl of tangerines or clementines. It was something very gay. Thanks, persimmons. Today's, so, but I also now bring you a news story. I want to bring you both. You bring me the physical and the news. And the tea. And the tea. Well, the gay physical item of the week is a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc (laughs) that's been poured into a large hydro flask. A bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. (laughs) Fill me up, Jules. (laughs) Yes, queen. That's been filled with, (laughs) that's filled up a hydro flask. Um, uh, and might I say an industrial size hydro flask? <laughs> yeah, it's it probably fills no more than a third of it. Um, but anyway, that's just a fun little item. But let's talk about the news item because we only have about I don't eight know eight or so minutes. Eight or so minutes. Did you see Red, White, and Royal Blue, the Amazon original film where the first son of the female president uh, is in a gay magical relationship? No, sounds fun. With the prince of England. No, sounds really fun. It's based on a novel. That's great. Written by some genderqueer millennial. Great. Um, Good for us. Whose career I envy. Good for us. <laughs> um, but you saw memes and stuff or no? Because this has been like highly memeable. I think I've seen some rumblings on gay Instagram about it. Once again, by, by which I mean my friend Arthur's account. Um, you know, posting like memes about red, white, and royal blue. I, I've mm-hmm. just seen like kind of the poster for the movie without knowing what it's about. Okay. Word. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like the little synopsis. We don't. I didn't send you a link on this, by the way. Um, but it was crazy because it was so obviously like crafted at like a time when people would sympathize with like a political figurehead and or like a royal scion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's so like Amazon must have so much money, but the production value is so cringe. <laughs> and it's ultimately like a cheesy film. And people were like, like certain gay critics were like, this is great. We finally have like this saccharine, like corn syrupy rom-com but it's no you've got mail it's no one mm. when, when henry met sally mm. like it looks like gay men garbage. still need their their magnum opus of uh romance of rom-coms Bros oh okay to be of that. rom-coms yeah fire island fire island got close i thought 
Yeah, for for that because I didn't love Fire Island because because it was a little saccharine for my taste. Um, but well, but then it, you would not be able to. But it seemed taste. to fill the gap that these guys are talking about. The critics are talking about. This film did, or the, or Bros it, it, did. It, it seemed no. Uh, it seemed like Fire Island filled that gap. Yeah, that, that people are saying that this movie. did. Well, and Fire Island is bluer than this is. Like it's just raunchier. I don't want that. Me no, neither. Yeah. Me neither. And and that which brings me to my question: Like, should gay films? I know gay films can be corn syrupy, saccharine Hallmark movies, but should they be? And like, like for me, everything, everywhere, all at once is kind of a queer film. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, know. regardless of like the lesbian daughter character, right. like just the the form of it, the mm -hmm. way it tells its story yeah. is uh, is unusual yeah. and kind of askew and off kilter. And from there what are like, I expect. and theoretically more, in theory, more than one queer queer relationship in that movie too. Yeah, because it's daughter. a parallel universe, you mean? And then the, oh, the one Jamie Lee Curtis and, Jamie and Lee. right, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely queer. Yeah, there. so I just feel like by uh, these gay films trying to like fit into these already like preordained boxes, right? Once again, mainstream culture becomes too gay, or gay culture becomes too mainstream. Holy shit! You know? Yeah. And the center will not hold. It's becoming so whatever. Right. So like, and cheap. Worst of all, which has never been gay to me. Gay is not cheap. But right. now it's cheap. Right. Everything Everywhere, queer film. This is a gay film. You know, That's kind of what I'm saying. Play. By like mm -hmm. the contemporary sense of the word, unfortunately, yes. I think queer is like the nicest thing to describe someone who uh, is uh, who doesn't identify as completely straight. You know, that's like the kind yeah. of the safest because it's all encompassing. You know, trans people are queer, non-binary are queer, gay, lesbian. You know, I feel like queer covers such a broad spectrum. Right. You, know, you can even say... Straight people are queer if they like have queer tendencies or queer interests or queer like. And uh, not that the lead actors of this should be gay, but they weren't. <laughs> Which right. like they they haven't come out with the. They're any still doing that. They're still casting gay people or straight people as well, gay. Well, I people. don't think they even identify straight. <laughs> they're like these motherfuckers which again further depoliticizes it like i'm not yeah. saying every actor needs to like state their sex sexuality but <laughs> i'm saying that but like, <laughs> every time you slate hi brian bogart straight austin texas they're like he's the first straight actor we've seen all day you know something different about him <laughs> i don't smell cock on his breath yeah um but like, let me read did, did he say male <laughs> holy fuck and one of the actors so uma thurman in a very delightful turn plays uh the president so one of the gay guys' moms. I'm surprised they got Uma to do this. I think she just liked the idea of like playing a a president in like a gay. Movie. Yeah, I, I that that was probably an easy sell. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that from, from a role standpoint. I'm sure she was like pretty yeah. excited. But the actor who played her son had like way more sexual chemistry with her. <laughs> when they're like just dishing like mom and gay son over pizza than he did with the other lead. She's just like, how big is it, honey? He's like, oh, so big, mom. <laughs> it's just like, what movie am I watching here? It just, it was so off. Um, and I want to read you, I want to leave you with this little excerpt from um, a review. <laughs> For many, it will feel refreshing to see this feel-good made-for-TV romance with two queer characters at its center. But whatever sense of pleasure or reward there is in the sometimes sensual sight of two men kissing or touching each other's stomachs in bed post-coitus does little to obfuscate that red, white, and royal blue is otherwise a slapdash slog that views the politics of the Oval Office and the British monarchy through rose-colored glasses. It's a neoliberal fantasy that feels stuck in the 2016 vision of the future from which it sprung. Um, I haven't seen this movie, and I know that is a perfect critique. 
And it's at like 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, this thing for me Bitch, feels like I do so not, not contemporary, so tone deaf. Rotten Tomatoes. I know. I'm telling you. Well, not to mention like they will say that it's a fresh review and then you actually read the review and it's like not True. not very yeah, totally. complimentary. Yeah, yeah. It's like an ambivalent review. They're like fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've yeah, once again I have my own. And also, I hate to like just say this, but Rotten Tomatoes has a political slant to it. Well, yeah, and there, as we've talked scores. about, like major studios own Rotten, especially Tomatoes. on the critic scores. That's yeah. why the audience. I would love to know what the audience score on this movie is. You want me to pull it up? Can we pull it up? Can you can you look up Red, White, and Royal Blue audience score on Rotten Tomatoes? And this is what we're going to end it with. Is what is the yeah? The well, we could talk score. about our audience score and how it's five stars. Yes, and if you can please contribute to that five-star rating that helps our SC, like and comment. Follow us on Instagram, guys, uh, Guantanamo Bay's pod. We have a TikTok until the CCP shuts us down, at least. <laughs> and that's GB pod. Yeah, and that's at GB pod. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, this is offend. This is... This is homophobic. That what's the audience score? Ninety four percent. That's what I'm saying. I'm moving countries. Like I don't identify <laughs> with the mainstream culture anymore, dude. And I was like resorting to like weird talking points that were like were colored as anti PC to like a bunch of friends on Saturday that were like whoa and like saying that I thought Billy Eilish was too fat and all these things, which like I didn't <laughs> deny, but like I I think they're looking at it wrong. Mm. What? <laughs> how did the Billie Eilish thing come up? I don't fucking... They were talking about, like, body positivity and how, like, I seem to be against it. And we talked about a lot of things and, like, how, like, I'm in California, so I have the luxury of being an undecided voter. And, like, that threw everyone in arms. And mm -hmm. This is fun. So, Marion Williams in 2024. <laughs> but honestly, dude, um, even though she would never win, but, like, she's right when it's, like, we got to meet this dark psychic moment with, like, something more metaphysical. And I know I sound fucking insane, but. Yeah. Uh, as, as long as you know that, <laughs> then you can never lose. They can never hurt There's you. There's just something going on that we can't measure that I think needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, economy is not always the answer. Yeah, it's not the economy, stupid. I get that. To quote James Carville, or misquote him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles while this popcorn's still lukewarm, Brian. We're going to do that from the Guantanamo Bay's podcast. I'm Brian Bogart. And I'm Julian Goza. Thank you all so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Hasta luego. Thanks, Def Noodles. Thanks, Trina. Thank you, Def Noodles. Thank you, Trina.